Hey guys, it's Joe Wolverton, Teacher of Liberty, back with you today. And today we're going to shake it up a little bit because today is one of those on this day that something very, very important in world history happened. And in reality, important in American history as well because of the influence that this little stretch of beach in Greece had the influence that we have the government and the language and the religion and the culture that we have. In reality, this is something that is perfectly described by the metaphor that I give you that history turns on tiny little fulcrums. And I guarantee you that the men who were present this day in 490 B.C., had no idea that the actions they took that day would end up affecting some 2,700, or what is it, uh, 2,500 years later, the what became the world's most powerful empire, that is to say, the United States of America. Not only that, but they ended up affecting the second most powerful empire in the history of the world, the Roman Empire, all of which there would have been no Roman Empire as we know it. There would have been no America as we know it. There would have been no Constitution as we know it. There would have been no Europe as we know it. There would have been no Plutarch, no Herodotus, no Polybius, no Tacitus. There would have been no London. There would have been no Boston, we wouldn't be speaking English today. And that's not an exaggeration, D.C. I mean, this is seriously, on this day, it's amazing to think about, guys. On this day in 490 B.C., the Battle of Marathon changed history in an incalculable way. And a miraculous way, because it is not an exaggeration to say that the Greek, and I, I will say Athenian, because that puts credit where credit is due, the Athenian victory over Darius and the Persian forces there was just remarkable over the Persians their fleet that was superior, their forces that were superior. And Athens was, and I'll tell you the story, right? Athens was pretty much left to her own devices. But there's a lesson to be learned. And the lesson to be learned is when you are defending your home, you fight so much more fiercely, ferociously, and faithfully than you do if you're fighting for conquest or for land or for revenge, you know? And so on this day, on this very day in 490 BC, we have the Battle of Marathon. Now, many of you maybe you think you know about the Battle of Marathon, and that's fair enough. But I'm telling you, if you want to get the story in all its glory, I would read it from 
Herodotus, if I were you, and I'm going to read to you some Herodotus. It's book six, starting about 106, 107, around there. Um, that's sort of the lead up to it. Now, let me tell you what had happened. So, we there is no mention in the Persian records of this battle. Now, why are, are you going to write a record of when you lose to a bunch of people you should have slaughtered, right? No. And the Persians are not, you know, history, as they say, is written by the winners, right? And so the Persians aren't going to keep a record of, Dear Diary, today a bunch of kooky Athenians beat our... No, you're not going to do that. Particularly in the case of the Persians, where they had the benefit, as they believed, of having a former tyrant of Athens leading the expedition. In their mind, this is a brilliant plan put together by the ultimate insider that has very little chance of failure, right? They knew that they out manned, outgunned, and frankly, as they imagined it, outsmarted the Athenians because of their naval superiority, their overall military superiority, because of their numerical advantage, and because of the advantage of having an Athenian, former Athenian tyrant on board one of their ships, leading, designing, plotting the plan. Now that, I mean, can you imagine? It'd be like, I don't know, I, I don't want to make this partisan, so please don't think of it in a partisan way, but think of this, just me using an example, if, I'm trying to think, Barack Obama, because he's young-ish compared to the others. If we went to war with China and Barack Obama decided to become the military, the chief military advisor to the Chinese uh, government in waging war again. Now, you can imagine that he would have information that would be invaluable to an enemy going up against, you know, some a place where any little shred of intelligence is magnified in importance because of the reliability of the source. So imagine Barack Obama is offered, I don't know, yeah, I don't know how much you'd have to offer him, billions and billions of dollars in gold, because he would also know that billions and billions of dollars in dollars is useless. Hold on, will I get a beverage? Oh, brought to you by the podcast, And If Love Remains. If y'all aren't subscribed to that podcast, you ought to go over and do that, And If Love Remains. It's the, I'm gonna be, it's the most eclectic podcast, like seriously, I'll be on it, and then they'll be talking about the metric system, and I'll be on it, and then they're talking about... C.S. Lewis's life. It's it's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. 
and if love remains so thank you to them for their swag and you know for my beverage all right so you can they're they're hyped the persians are hyped uh darius had tried to invade greece earlier it was unsuccessful and it was unsuccessful because of one of those things guys in history and this is what makes me think that people that don't believe in miracles don't believe in in intercession by some sort of intelligent being like these storms so the persian navy approaches and storms blow them off and destroyed almost every one of their ships in fact right so without the support of the navy the persian land forces retreat right they're like we need the support of our navy two years later the navy was rebuilt and 600 ships sail for greece the persian army landed and destroyed everything in their path i mean just just plowing it down on their way to the ultimate prize athens this was this was that holy grail you know you have like the holy grail of whatever pens the holy grail of this or that the holy grail of conquest for persia was athens they wanted athens so athens being always aware you know because it only been a few years since the last persian attempt they send uh, they noticed that i mean 600 ships now were they aware that their former tyrant hippias now hippias i don't know if we mentioned if i mentioned him in the episode about pisistratus hippias is pisistratus son so Pisistratus, Hippias, you know, they had ruled Athens in a sort of hereditary way. But finally Hippias was expelled from Athens and does what these people do, you know, Alcibiades. You know, you get someone like Alcibiades and he's, that's during the Peloponnesian War, so much later, but you get him running to Persia. It's like what they do. I remember always in my classes the kids always know you know so what does this guy do if he gets expelled from athens he run to persia right because persia's got the money and if you've got the you know if you've got the inside intelligence and you're a person who makes that intel who who endows that intelligence with an extraordinary amount of reliability the persian emperor is definitely willing to drop a bag or two on you for that information. So, Hippias, now, you gotta understand, at this time, Hippias is like 80 years old. So, back then, like we've talked about so many times, 80, it was old, 80's old today, right? Like, I'll be 80 in 50 years, I can't imagine how that'll be when i never mind 80 years old so hippias is old but he's lucid right he knows what's going down and he is granted by the persians he's extended the the authority to completely design their 
their pl their plan to capture Athens, to conquer Athens. And it's working out fine. And uh, so Athens, n seeing, knowing, having intelligence from uh, allies in Greece that, oi, the Persians, you know, it's like Paul Revere, the Persians are coming, the Persians are coming. So they send around. Now, this is where we get this kooky, like, Herodotus versus Plutarch. So now you got to remember, Plutarch's writing like 500 years after the event. Herodotus is writing within 100 years. So Athens, you have guys. So the, there are young men who, if they show an extraordinary capacity for long-distance running, you can that can become your job. You can become a professional long-distance runner. Right. In, in Greece and in the ancient world overall, it was very common for whatever you showed a facility for as an infant, as a youth, you would be guided toward doing that thing as a vocation. Right. So if you showed facility, uh, you know, extraordinary, remarkable facility for running long distance, you could literally make that your life that you were going to be a professional runner. That's your job. And so you had a professional runner who was going to run from Athens to Sparta and say, uh, how about, you know, you come help us. You guys have this amazing army, which they did. Now, as we've talked about before, Athens and Sparta didn't get along ever. But, you know, they had a common enemy. Neither of them wanted to be Persian slaves. And so the, they send a runner to Sparta to help. Now, Pheopides is his name, right? Pheopides. Now, he, his job is to run from Athens to Sparta and to entreat Sparta to send their citizen militia to Athens to help defeat, to help defend Greece from the Persian invasion. Okay, that's Phoebides. That's his job. Now, later Plutarch confuses that story with another story and says that Phoebides is the guy that ran from Marathon to Athens. Nike, you know, we won and then falls dead. That did not happen. Now, it's a cool story, so it's it's clung on culturally, right? So we, we even have a race. We call the marathon race, we call it a marathon because of the Battle of Marathon and because of the story that Plutarch told that Pheopides ran from Marathon to Athens to say we won and then he collapses. So we get not only, I mean, when you think about running, <laughs> we get not only the race that we still call a marathon. You know, you think about what if that you know, what if that battle had happened in, you know, I don't know, in Corinth? Would we have a cor? You know, I I ran my the Boston Corinth yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like we say marathon, and it doesn't click that that's just named that because of that place in Greece. It's the Boston Marathon, the New York Marathon, the whatever marathon. But what if it happened in Pittsburgh? I ran the Boston Pittsburgh. 
You know what I mean? And and what if Marathon to Athens instead of being twenty six? What is it? Twenty six point two? Whatever it is. Yeah, twenty six point. What if it was fifty? My, you know what I'm saying? Then you'd only you'd have much. Hey, you know what? I just thought, man, if we could just go back in time, like real far back, and redesign the the map, just like we could make it farther from Marathon to Athens, and then. We wouldn't have some of those bloody stickers on people's cars. Like, hmm, or 13.1. Like, I want, you know what I wanted to put on mine? I seriously, and somebody did it, and, and so I'm sure I didn't think of it, but I remember thinking of it, I'm like, I want to get a sticker that says point two three two or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so proud of it. Because people are so proud of it. Like, okay, you ran a long way, mate. Swell. Yeah, I mean, I, yes, I understand it's an accomplishment. I'm not saying it's not an accomplishment, but gosh, I mean, should you put your your grade point average? You know what I'm saying? That's an accomplishment as well. Should you should you put, I don't know, how many of your children remain, you know, without felony convictions? I don't know. Whatever y'all, maybe that. See, we could get rid of that other thing too. Those little sticker guys. We could get rid of that. Yeah, we could do a lot. But anyway, when it comes to running, we've got Marathon because of this battle and Nike, the shoe company. Now, I know. I know that Nike, yes, I know the story of Nike. I know who Nike is. But I'm just saying, that's what it means. Victory, right? Winged victory. And that's, anyway, there's a lot culturally. But you will see. At the end, I'll wrap this all up. But here you go. So you got Phoebides running to Sparta. Now, the, he gets to Sparta, and he's like, okay, here's a situation. My parents went away on a week's vacation. They left the keys to the brand-new Porsche. Would they mind? Mm, well, of course not. And we'll just take it for a little spin and maybe show it off to a couple of friends. Just drive around the... Okay. Never mind. Because you know what? At the end of the day, parents just don't understand. So he gets to Sparta and he says, Oi, the Persians are coming. Do y'all mind helping a brother out? Because you you are Spartans after all. And listen to what Herodotus says. I want to read you this right from Herodotus. This is so, so Spartan. It's like, The Spartans, although keen to come to the help of the Athenians, were unable to do so right away because of a law that they were most unwilling to break. It's the ninth day of the month, they explained, and because of that, we're unable to set out until the moon is full. They were in the middle of a religious ceremony that lasted until the new moon, and they were so committed, so devout in their piety that they wouldn't even go to battle to potentially save themselves. They're like, look, we'll be there when our religious ceremony is over, but not before. Like, and as Herodotus, we're keen on helping. We get it that we could be enslaved too. We get that. But what was more important to them? You know, people always talk about that, about the Spartans, how warlike they were. Fair enough, they, they were. But we should give Sparta the credit for being devout for being committed to the principles of their religion 
to just hewing rigidly to that, that it meant something to them. Not even for the sake of war would they violate their religious principles. Guys, that's a lesson, yeah? You know, I, when you debate, would you rather be an Athenian or a Spartan, people forget that it's not just Sparta for the valor, but Sparta for the virtue as well. These guys were serious when it came to that. So, you get no help. So, the Spartans, says Herodotus, were left waiting for the full moon. Meanwhile, the barbarians landed at Marathon, led there by their guide, Hippias, the son of Pisistratus. Now, here we... Okay, okay. Hippias deposed tyrant. His daddy died. He became tyrant. He gets deposed. He gets to, you know, work with the, 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 the Persians, telling them, here's where we're going to land, here's where we're going to fight. Now, they prepare, Athens prepared for war by appointing Miltiades as the polemarch, and they appointed Callimachus as the, um, as the sort of head general guy. Okay, and the Persians for their side, they were going to have the assistance of the immortals. Now, it's at this place at Marathon that we hear about the immortals first. Now, those of you who know about Thermopylae know about the immortals. They wore masks, no shield. Why don't you have shields? Because we don't need them. That would be like... the the intimidation factor of that is off the charts, y'all. It reminds me of that story of the sea people, which I'll do a episode about that. But the sea people also had no armor when they would fight, and they would just beat everybody. And but they didn't wear armor. Why? Yeah, we don't need it against you. We're not going to need armor against you. And the immortals the same way. We don't need any shields. We're good. We're fine. And it's like. That'd be like showing up at a football game and the other team isn't wearing pads or helmets and you're like, don't y'all, no, you're not going to hit us hard enough for us to need that stuff, bud. We're good. Let's go, Hoss. Let's line this up and let's do it. That would be so, you know, that would get in your head a little bit if you were football team and you're lining up and you're helmeted up and, you know, all the things and the other team's just standing there, t-shirts and shorts, no helmets saying, let's do this. Be like, why are these? So, the Persians, they have like the perf for them. It's all in the immortal words of Michael Scott synergy. So, they think they have the perfect combination to finally conquer that holy grail of Athens. You've got Hippias, you've got the immortals, you got 600 ships. Right, you've now they don't know that the Spartans aren't going to be there, but boy, that just adds a little something to the pro column, right? For the Persians, you know, things that were going to make this go well. Hmm, Hippias, hmm, six hundred ships, right? Hmm, the Immortals, hmm, no Spartans. That's a pretty good pro list. On the cons, I don't know. You don't have many cons. You know, you can't count storms, you know, 
whatever gods they pray to. Please don't let there be a storm this time. So, Hippias. Now, he's about 80 years old. Now, I want to read to you from Herodotus. Y'all, this is one of my favorite stories. So, Hippias, well, should I read it? I'll just tell you. Hippias had, no, I'm going to read it because we don't want to drink downstream, right? Even with Joey. So, Hippias had a dream in which he imagined he was sleeping next to his own mother. He understood, no, not in a weird way, y'all. He understood that this dream to mean that he would return to Athens, reestablish his rule, and die an old man in his native land. That's what he interpreted sleeping next to his mom to mean he was sleeping at home, meaning he was resting, he was back, and he would die an old man in, in Athens. That was how he interpreted the dream, okay? Now, he tells them, the, the Persians have all, they always had this, where do we land? Because if you've been to Greece, their coasts on that side are really rocky. And so the Persians are like, where do we land to make sure we do maximum damage? Hippias is like, easy, marathon. Land at this, it's a narrow strip of beach, but it's deep enough water for us to get our ships right up in there. Got, and it's just a straight shot to Athens, good to go. It's 26, he's like, as you know from that minivan we passed on the way, it's 26.2 miles from Marathon to Athens. Couple of you guys who have some, you know, marathon experience, that'll be good. Those of you with a half marathon, you know, maybe stretch out your, maybe while you're on board the ship, maybe do a little little uh, treadmill work, build up your endurance. I don't know how you do it. Like, let's be honest, I haven't run a lot of marathon. Not since the fire. I used, since Nam. I haven't run a marathon since since Vietnam. Mm. Anywho, so you got Hippias. Pretty good deal. Has a dream. I had an awesome dream. I was in Athens. I was sleeping and I was old. Any road. So that's Hippias. He's pretty sure of himself. He says, let's land at Marathon. It's a good place to land. It's got a place deep enough for us to pull in there. All of this kind of stuff. And so they land. As he was, now this is Hippias. I'll put it like this. That way it won't look so weird. I hate when I have to like turn all the way. As he was busy with all this, so they're dropping anchor, right? They're dropping anchor. They're doing the thing they put in at Marathon. They're dropping anchor. They're, he's giving out the orders, like where the, each troop, where each regiment is going to go, where, how to line up, how to get off the boats, everything. Hippias is in charge, remember, of like all of this because he's the ultimate insider, have, knowing everything about Athens as he would. And as he was busy with all this, right, telling them what to do once they got ashore, he, Hippias, was seized by a more than usually violent fit of sneezing and coughing. And because he was such an old man, as I said, about 80, most, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Take two. As he was such an old man, most of his teeth were loose, and one of them was sent flying by the force of his coughing and fell into the sand. Though he scrabbled around for it frantically, he was unable to find it, and letting out an audible groan, he turned to those around him and said, This land is not ours, nor will we ever conquer it. The only part of it that's mine is the share of it that my tooth has claimed. And so it was, Hippias concluded, that his vision had been fulfilled. Guys. Okay. If you are ever in the future involved in some military expedition and you're 80 and you got, you know, the teeth maybe not as well-rooted as you'd like, I'm saying go to the dentist. Use history as a prologue to the future, right? Go and say to the dentist, Dr. Crentist, I need you to yank them all and give me the, the full-on drill them up Jones, whatever those things are called. I don't know what they're called, okay? I don't have fake teeth, okay? My teeth are, what for some reason, genetically really, really good. Like, I've only had one cavity in my whole life. Now I'm bragging about my teeth, which sounds weird considering hippies. I'm sorry, brother. But I'm just telling you, use history as your guide to the future. If you're 80, you're wherever you are, and somebody comes up and says, Hey, man, we need you to be in charge of this thing. And, and you know, you never know. When you're 80, you might be given to coughing and sneezing randomly. Go to Dr. Crentist and say, Drill them in with the fake ones, man. Because you don't want them... Come on, guys, let's attack. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be denture guy because denture... You know what I'm saying? You don't want dentures flying out any more than you want a loose tooth flying out. You're still... You're going to look a little weak in front of your guys. You know what I'm saying? You're going to look a little weak. Have Dr. Crentis drill you in those fake ones. And then you say to yourself, Thank you, Hippias. Thank you for teaching me that when I'm 80 and I'm leading a military expedition where I'm landing on a beach and I might start sneezing and coughing, I'm not going to lose my teeth. Thank you, Hippias. Pour some out for your dead homie because he did die eventually. So, not at the marathon though. So, here we go. Hippias's tooth can't fight. But guys, if you, do you ever picture that? Like, I just picture my man's tooth and he's like digging around because he says he scrabbled about. Where's my tooth? Don't step on my tooth. You know, it's like if you lose a contact, everybody, don't move. No one move. Lost my contact. Right? Maybe that's why I have good teeth. My eyes are okay, though. They're not bad. They're not really bad. I mean, I wear glasses like for, what do you call it? Long distance. Like, is that, that's farsighted, right? No, that's nearsighted. 
Whatever. I have the one where I have to wear glasses to see far away. I think that means I'm nearsighted. It means you see things better. All right. So the Persians jump off and they're like, yes, this worked. The beach is, per you know, the water is deep enough for the ships. The beach is wide enough for us to actually get off and get in formation. And they get off and they start running. The now, Miltiades had gone to Kalimit. Now, listen to see if this doesn't sound familiar to you, okay? From my man Miltiades and Herodotus. The Athenian generals were split down the middle in their reading of the situation. There were those who refused to countenance giving battle on the grounds that there were too few of them to engage the Persians, while others, Miltiades among them, who urged that they should fight. It was then that they were opinion evenly divided. They were inclining toward the worst of the two options. And Miltiades approached Callimachus, who had been chosen to serve as war archon, like the, the head war guy. And he said, uh, and the Athenians had long since given them the, tie, the tie-breaking vote. And now listen to this. So that's got to sound familiar. There are people like, we can never defeat tyranny in this country because as Biden and others have famously said are you going to shoot at our F-16s with your AR-15 buddy you going to shoot at our our predator drones with your Glock good luck with all that right there are people today that say you know what let's choose to just go along even if we end up in FEMA camps at least we'll be alive. As if being alive were such a great thing to begin with. Guess what, Hoss? We're all going to die. How about we die in a glorious way than slowly decaying in a FEMA camp? When you could die tomorrow, I could die. I could trip walking out of this office and break my neck and die today. I mean, I'm going to feel okay with that because my last, you know, overt act was trying to tell people about something important in history, right? Yeah. So, here's the speech that Miltiades gives to Callimachus, and I love this speech. It's very short. Just calm down. I'm not going to be reading like pages. Just relax. He says, it's in your power now, Callimachus, to condemn Athens to slavery or make her free so that the memory of your name will outlive even those of Harmodius and Aristogiton and last the entire span of human existence. Never before have the Athenians faced a graver peril than they do right now, not since they first came into being. Think about that. It's in your power to condemn America to slavery or to make her free and the memory of your name will outlast even the memory of George Washington and Patrick Henry so long through the entire span of human existence never before have Americans faced a graver peril than we face right now not since we first came into being And guess what? 
they went with Callimachus. Callimachus says, yes, sir, let's do this. So they did. The Athenians march in a phalanx formation. They surround the Persians, right? The Persians are just squid. They cannot believe that the Athenians have come up. Hey, don't talk back to me, Siri. Why she does it? Never mind. All right. The Persians cannot believe that the Athenians are actually surrounding them and actually managing to win this war, this battle. It's like, how can this be happening? We have Hippias. We have, we have the beach to land on. We have the sea. We have the immortals. And now they can tell we have no Spartans. Because why? The Spartans all have that shield with the Lambda. They're very proud of being Spartans. Which, I mean, you should be, right? You should be proud of that. And they're getting routed. Routed. Why? Because Callimachus... It's in your power now, man. That kind of stuff gets you fired up. Realizing that you are standing between your children being enslaved and your children growing up free men, that's a big deal. And the Athenians don't have the Spartans oh well we got to do what we got to do and they go out there and they start routing the Persians well the Persians decide let's make a strategic retreat and run back to the ships well as they're running back to the ships their armor drags them down and they get stuck in this swampy morass out just on the other side of the beach just on the inland side of the beach they can't even reach the beach because they're getting weighed down in this swamp. Because that was the whole point, right? The Athenians, knowing the condition of the land, wanted to force them through pincer, right? Through this pincer tactic to force them into that area where they would just be... So they just start tearing into them. Now, Miltiades thinks, okay whatever Persians are left, whatever ships are left, they're, they're going to be so angry, they're going to sail to Athens. And they're just going to try to get right up there. Forget all of this safe place. Let's go inland and just get them. Let's just sail right up as close as we can and just go right at them, right? So Miltiades orders all of Callimachus, Miltiades. They say, hey, everybody full-on double time back to Athens and they do the Athenians leave whatever's there left because they had really put a hurting on the Persians they run double time back to Athens they climb up on the walls waiting for the Persian ships to come in within distance of their arrows the Persian ships that were left that survived marathon they actually did they sail around they come to Ath and they're like and the persians as according to herodotus were like 
how are they able to do that? They really thought this is some sort of supernatural manifestation of their destiny not to rule Athens because they're like, there's no way that army that just fought us at Marathon has had the time and the strength to run double time back to Athens and stand up there on those walls. There's no way. But they did. And the Persians retreat. They're like, nope, this is not meant to be. Now Herodotus reports that the Athenians captured seven ships and killed 6,400 Persians, whereas the Athenians lost 192 soldiers. Now, the Spartans show up in time. Let's read what, what happened to the old Spartans. So, the Spartans actually finally show up, and it says, The full moon had arrived, and with it there turned up in Athens a force of 2,000 Spartans whose eagerness to get there had been such that they arrived in Attica, Athens, on the third day after leaving Sparta. So they were double time. They really were keen, as Herodotus said, they were keen on it. They just had to fulfill their, you know, their religious obligations. Despite being too late for the battle, however, they were still keen to gaze on the Persians. And so they ran all the way down to Marathon, another 26.2 miles where they surveyed the battlefield. And then, after warmly congratulating the Athenians on their achievement, they headed home. Now, the Spartans, they just show up and say, we're here, let's do this. What? What's that? What's that now? Okay, well, good job. We're going to head down the battlefield. I want to see what these Persians look like, these immortals. They go down there, and you know one of them was like, when do y'all lose a tooth? Anybody a tooth? What is this? Hmm. He got my gold tooth. Whew. Reference after reference. The Spartans just go down and say, good job, guys. You don't need us. Good job. Which might have gotten in the Spartans' head and being like, these Athenians maybe aren't the pushovers that we thought they were. Now, you can imagine that Darius was unhappy with this result. So what was his response? Of course, raise taxes. We're, we've got to conquer Greece. There's no way we can give, give this up, right? And you end up, after the Persian defeat at Marathon, Darius dies and his son Xerxes takes over and leads to Thermopylae, which also didn't go well for the Persians. I mean, they won. Spoiler alert. All right, guys. So let me just spell this out for you in case you don't see what I'm saying. Now, that's the story of the Battle of Marathon. Right? Pretty miraculous stuff. But there's several lessons. Because if the Persians had won, guys, you understand, if the Persians had conquered Greece, think of the, it's no exaggeration to say that the Athenian victory was miraculous and changed the course of history. Had the Persians won, it is unlikely that we would have known Greek influence. In fact, Rome herself would likely never have existed as an empire, making for a world that would be culturally, 
linguistically, religiously, and politically completely unlike the world we know today. We wouldn't speak English. It's very unlikely. There would be no Greek words that we use, no Latin words that we use, no German words. Europe as we know it, our, guys, you need to understand, when he says it's on you, Callimachus, it's on you whether we are enslaved, Miltiades had no idea how much was on them. Because, guys, had the Persians conquered, do you please take a moment and ponder that? It is not an exaggeration. This little strip of Greece and the strength of the Athenians in their resolve to defend themselves and their home and their families, and even the Spartans to defend their religious liberty, even though they arrived late, Knowing how important that was, they were keen on getting there. Guys, we wouldn't be who we are. We wouldn't have a common law culture. We wouldn't have a common, a common law uh, heritage. We would be more, can you imagine, more Persian than anything. There would have been no Greek influence on our founding that we wouldn't have had our founding fathers none of that none of the heroes that we know from history the battle of marathon is the reason you speak English is the reason you vote is the reason we have representative government. Do you get that? That's the Battle of Marathon, man. That's not an exaggeration that in 490 BC on this very day, September 12th, 490 BC, that group of Athenian soldiers who were outgunned, outmanned, outmaneuvered, outsmarted, They did not let that stand between them and the defense of their life, their liberty, their property, and their religious freedom. Guys, our entire way of being, if you value civil liberty, if you value the Constitution, if you value the concept of consent of the governed, if you value your freedom to worship according to the dictates of your own conscience, you owe an enormous debt of gratitude to that small cadre of Athenian soldiers who went to fight despite all the odds being against them. That is not an exaggeration, guys. But 
you're not going to hear this story told this way because school isn't meant to inspire you and enlighten you and elevate you right it's meant to teach you silent obedience to authority but if you know the real story I mean I've seen world history books that give a paragraph to the Battle of Marathon and three sentences in that paragraph are devoted to explaining how that's the source of our race you know the marathon no mention of names Miltiades said the name of Callimachus would be mentioned as long as what was the exact phrase the entire span of human existence well here we are 2500 years later and I'm saying Callimachus thank you thank you for your courage right courage doesn't mean you're not afraid it means you don't keep your you don't allow your fear to keep you from acting so I am grateful to Callimachus and Miltiades and the unnamed Athenians who stood there at Marathon on September 12th 490 BC and without even knowing it made it possible for me to sit here and tell this story with freedom in English and today to read scripture that I hold holy and guys we owe that liberty our culture our constitution and our freedom of conscience to those brave and fearless forces of Athens that fought this day against the Persians at the Battle of Marathon so guys seriously go and do thou likewise thank you guys appreciate it Thank <laughs> you.